Blog Talk Radio. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. Yes, yes, that's right, folks. We're back with the Big Brother After Show. Of course, as you know, we do this every week. We try to come at you live and talk to you around the world about what's going on in Big Brother USA. And right now we're in the 17th season, and so much has been going on here lately. And, uh, you know, it's been a really, really, really interesting season so far. Now, we've seen a lot of things happen already. And, you know, a lot of people are feeling like, you know, this season's kind of boring. But I've got to disagree. I think it's been a really, really good season. Not really, really good, but decently good. To me, compared to what I've seen in the last couple of seasons. And uh, so, you know, so far things have gone pretty well. And, and one of the reasons that I think it's gone well is, you know, the 7-4 to four vote that we all saw tonight. Uh, of course, people that are, you know, on the West Coast and whatnot, we're trying to move the show back a little bit later uh, so that you guys can kind of not be so far out of the loop. But we're trying to do what we can, but it's not always going to work. But um, listen, if you want to be a part of this show, it is live. It is interactive. Uh, you know, you're more than welcome to call. And the call is, uh, call in line is 917-889-7084. You can also send us messages through our Facebook um, page, which is Big Brother After Show. We're the only one out there. Type that into uh, the Facebook uh, search thing, and we will come up. And you can join, send messages, talk about the show, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about it, but um, we're we're happy to take it. We want to hear it. We want to know what, what you think is going on. And like I said, there's been a lot to talk about, especially with this week. Not a whole lot of, you know, spoilers out there. But this 7-4 to four vote is very interesting. Um, you know, we're talking about a house that's not really voting with everyone, uh, as we've seen in the past, which gives us a little glimmer of hope that there might be some real individual thinking here. And so uh, we're seeing a house that is beginning to divide. We knew that was going to happen. We talked a little bit about that Sunday on the uh, surprise show Sunday that we did. Uh, and if you want to listen to that show or any of the other shows, you know, you just come here to the blog talk video, big brother after show, follow the links and you can listen to any show we've ever had all the way back to a couple of years ago. Um, but and we talked about that a little bit last, uh, last Sunday where we saw the house kind of starting to divide. We're seeing people go uh, into two different directions We've got a couple of people that are unsure of, of what's going on. You know, 
Gosh, Jeff's gone, uh, obviously, for those people on the West Coast that maybe not know. You probably do if you're on Facebook. But, look, Jeff's gone. Seven to four vote. James stays. Uh, and, you know, i got to say two things. You know, Jeff really, really did not help himself. I mean, if you're looking at a seven to four vote, what you're looking at is a guy who probably maybe possibly had a slim opportunity to kind of save himself there for a minute. And it seems like he actually kind of blew it. I mean, you know, he just seems like he cannot keep his mouth shut long enough to get himself out of water. I mean, you know, he just, honestly, I mean, you know, this guy's unfiltered, talking to everybody about every suspicion that he has about somebody else. He's talking to alliance members of other people, talking about how he doesn't trust so-and-so and this and that. And eventually, you know, that just kind of catches up to you because by this point in the game, everybody has established some type of alliance and there's something that's going on with people and you can't really just jump in the middle of it and start telling people, well, I think this is going on. I think that's going on. Uh, people usually kind of reject that thing. Uh, tell the person that you're talking about and you're in big trouble. Really shows me that Jeff really never had a solid alliance with anyone. You know, Jackie, I, you know, my gosh, people, if you can have one alliance with the worst person in the, in the house, it's probably Jackie. I mean, you know, Austin had said, I think he said today, and I just had to laugh, and I put it out there on Twitter. You know, you know, Austin's afraid that, man, if we send Jeff home, Jackie's going to retaliate and get revenge. I think you're fine, Austin. I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't think that you have a whole lot to worry about. I'm not sure that Jackie is aware that there's a game going on right now. I think, like uh, Julie said, I think she's just, there for the moment, and I think she's just enjoying this pit stop on the next stop for her reality show tour on whatever next show she'll be on, maybe Survivor or something. I just think she puts her hands up, accepts, and goes, and and she has no idea what's going on, uh, you know. And that's that's awful, you know. I, I, Megan, to me, you know, you got two people that are really kind of clueless, and Meg to me thinks this whole thing's a big party, it's a popularity contest, and Jackie just thinks that it's a place to rest your head and take a vacation for a little while. And that's hard for us to watch as viewers. Um, so, you know, Jeff going home, does it hurt Jackie? No, I don't think ja- I don't think Jackie had any, any real chance anyway. And I don't think Jackie's going to do anything that's going to surprise anybody. And she's definitely not going to do anything but be an added member to an alliance for an extra vote. So Jeff going home really doesn't fade away because I really don't think he had an alliance other than her. Uh, but, you know, here comes these three other votes, and it's like, okay, well, this gets interesting. Could he have done enough to save it? Now, I will say this. You know, Jeff obviously really thinks uh, highly of himself, which is great. It's good to have a good self-esteem. It's healthy. When you think that every girl in the house likes you or has something, some feeling for you or whatever, you know, that creates, you know, a bit of an ego that people can kind of feed on, and they kind of pick up on it. I think just too many people in the house kind of caught up on his ego, Um he had told somebody at one point in the house that he had enough votes to stay and he was going to win the vote and everything was going to be fine. And I think he really believed that for a minute. Um, but James has to really be on the block too, looking at how close that he was to going home. And I'd be honest with you between Jeff and James, James is probably the bigger target. I think they may end up regretting James staying. I think Jeff, like Audrey, and we're going to talk a little bit about why Audrey is safe so far. Cause there's been a lot of talk on Facebook and Twitter about, you know, what's up with Audrey? Why don't they put Audrey up? And I've got a complete theory on that. And it may run may run into a wall this week. 
But I've got a complete theory on that, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But, uh, you know, Jeff just really just did not help himself. And there he is. He's looking on the outside, looking in, and I don't know that he was going to be able to get the votes. But, hey, you know, Liz voted for him. Maybe the flirting was working. Very, very interesting dynamic. Everybody who seems to catch under the twin thing goes home. On that step, you know, we're talking about the next HOH that happens after Jeff goes home. And here we are looking at Sully and uh, Liz as HOHs. And, you know, Liz, again, is safe just no matter what because, you know, even if she loses the HOH competition in the Battle of the Block, you know, she's safe. Her and Shelly have a bond there. They were sorority sisters, which apparently means you go to the ends of hell with each other. Um, but they're very bonded, apparently. They're in this alliance together. The whole goal right now is to try to get um, Julia, Liz's twin sister, into the game to add another one to their to their um, group. Now, as solid as we think Sixth Sense is, it's on shaky ground, and I think that has a lot to do with Vanessa. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this HOH with these two in it. Uh, Shelly, I think, will work with Liz. Um, but it's going to get really nasty because at some point, people are going to realize that Shelly and Clay are the alliance to get rid of. They are the tightest. Um, and if Liz and, and Austin become very tight, as Austin seems to want to, it could be couple versus couple in this situation with a couple of people that are kind of in those alliances, but those soul two are going to be the core, maybe possibly on each side with everyone playing their own work. So it's going to be really interesting what happens here. So where we're at right now is that we've got Liz and we've got Shelly uh, up here, you know, winning their HOHs. Who are they putting up? Your guess is as good as mine, but my guess, my guess would be, I kind of see Jason and James. Um, obviously, there James was on the target last week, kind of got away and slithered away because Jeff couldn't keep his mouth shut. Um, so I see, you know, James and Jason going up again, Jason being upset about it, and James probably being upset about it because that 7-4 to four vote was like a bullet going right by your head. It's very close. And so it's got to shake him a little bit. So you got that on the other side. Megan, Meg, and maybe Jackie. I mean, hey, you know, Audrey not going up. Listen, I, you know, everybody, we'll just go ahead and address it now. Everybody's upset about Audrey. You know, Audrey's going to win this thing. She's going to get away with murder, blah, 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 blah. Listen, uh, you know, my feeling on it is this. I agree with not putting Audrey up right now. It, a lot of people think it's the transgender thing, and I really, really don't. That might play into the part of saying, you know, I don't want to put her up too early because I don't want to be judged that I did it because she was a transgender. I get that people are upset that others are afraid to put her up because of that. Eventually that's going to fade away, okay? Uh, you know, Davon, Davon being a minority in the house didn't last very long. So people feeling that way, I don't, think it, I don't think it really overtakes them forever. I think that they eventually do get over that if that's the case with Audrey. I don't. I know that it's been mentioned in the House. I know people have said that, but I think it's a side thought. I think that people, especially with Caitlyn Jenner coming out and everything like that, we're not going to get into all that, but I think it's, I think it's uh, a, a point of focus, and it's, a, and it's an argument to make that, you know, this thing is popular with Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner, 
and here we go. We put a transgender in the house. You know, kudos to CBS and, and Big Brother for making that move and making that step. That's fantastic. But I think when you're in the house and you're playing, you really, really, really aren't going to look, you know, you're going to look a lot deeper past that when you're in the game. And <clears throat> I don't think that the transgender issue, and I want to clear that up, I don't think that that is the main reason she's not going up. She may go up this week. She may be an easy person to put up this week. Her time is running short because if, and, and this has been said, if people don't realize that she's in this game to win and that she's manipulative and she's she's one that's talking, talking, talking to people, always making a move. Kudos to her on that, by the way. But because she's doing that, eventually she's going to weasel herself in with the group and he's, she's going to be able to do whatever she needs to do. And that's a credit to the people that are figuring that out. And I think that that's somewhat true. However, you have to think of it as this way right now. If you're trying to get to the end of this game, Audrey is a very, very easy target. It's like sending Victoria home, you know, last season early on. Yes, I think Audrey's a better player than Victoria. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you're in a situation where you're – You've got somebody in the house that is taking a lot of heat. Audrey got herself caught. She played too early, too hard, just like Jason, just like Devon, and just like Jeff. All these people all played very hard very early, okay? A lot of them, you know, you can say Devon didn't play hard early. She absolutely did. There was a rift in the house. She was ready to get an emotional fight over everything that happened in the house. She played on her – she put her emotions on her sleeve, but I think that's also playing too early. I mean, when you're letting people know how you feel and you're not afraid to do it, eh, you're going to get a little bit of a pushback on that. So, you know, Devon, I also think, did play a little fast early. Um, and, you know, she was doubting everything everybody said to her and, you know, putting together these conspiracy theories. And we can't cut it two ways. She played too hard too early. And Audrey did the same thing. But Audrey at this point is is not someone that anybody wants to be associated with. Now, to get everybody caught up with where we are. Yes, it's true. Vanessa and Audrey cut a final two deal. Do I think it was smart on Vanessa's part to bring that up and do it? Sure, sure. At some point, Audrey stays in this house long enough. Audrey's going to have some kind of influence or power, and it could benefit you. You always take an alliance where you can get it. Some of them you treat them as serious as you can, and some of them you don't. And if you need to toss that person off, you do it. And I think that Vanessa and Audrey are both willing to toss each other off. You know, I don't think that it's a serious thing. I think that they just did a final two. And I think Vanessa did it to kind of lock herself down. Vanessa's probably a little bit more serious about it than Audrey is. I don't think Audrey's committed to anybody, even if she was completely safe from the beginning. And, and if she was safe right now, I don't think that she would be sticking to anybody's alliance. She would just say that she's in it. So Audrey is in that situation where nobody trusts her. She's been busted, busted, busted. Her lines have gone too far. She's tried to mix up the house. She's pulling people out of their rooms and out of their beds at 4 in the morning to form an alliance and talk about who's going up and all this stuff. And people just finally said, you know what, you, you're, you're toxic. Being around you is very toxic. Gameplay-wise, if I stay around you, I'm going to ultimately get myself marked. I've got to stay as far away from you as I can, Audrey. And that's what's happening. I think a lot of people are saying, but when you think about who you want to put up and what's better for your game later on, I agree with the idea that the bigger target's always better to keep in the house. Now, people get upset about that, but I think it's absolutely true. You have to keep the bigger target in the house to keep people off of you. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, with better, lack of better words to say, it's like a meat shield. You're going to put that person in front of you. If you get in trouble, 
you're going to find a way to throw them under the bus to at least get them on the block with you and create enough problems with them that they'll go home over you or that everybody's always looking at Audrey, always looking at Audrey. And, and I think it's smart to do it. However, I do agree with some people that the time is coming short. How long are you going to use her for a shield? Look, people that say that this isn't working, it does work. James is sitting in that house just this week thinking, throwing the POV comp, not really caring, because he knows, well, when I come down, the planet's book Audrey up, which was stupid on his part. Let's all agree on that right now. But if anybody can tell you it's Johnny Mac, okay, you don't throw the POV. He's willing to kind of not give 100% on the POV because he he knows, oh, well, Audrey's going to go up. So you can say that it doesn't work, but it did. It kept James off of his game. And it made James not really fight to get off the get to get off the block, which is amazing to me. Because when we saw James the first week, James was a very hard player. And he won that first HOH and we thought, here comes something. This is gonna be good, you know. But here he comes, he's kinda of starting to relax. He's kinda of taking a toll of, you know, I'll just kinda of chill out a little bit. James has been really surprising so far in that I really thought he was gonna play. It doesn't seem like he's really caught on to what's going on. Kind of seems kind of clueless to me. And but the point still remains. You know, James was fooled by the whole Audrey pull. Now, why it's getting to the point where it can't work anymore? It's already been done. You've already threatened to put up Audrey as a back door, taking everybody off guard. Fantastic, great job, nice work. Good job, Vanessa. Good job, Austin. Good job, Six Sense. Can't do it again. Nobody's going to believe you. Nobody's going to believe you. Everybody's going to be fighting for that POV to get off. Nobody's going to want to be on that bow of the block. They're, Johnny can be wrapped around Johnny Mac. God bless him. He can be wrapped around your ankle, and you are going to drag his ass all the way through every competition to win that bow of the block because you do not trust it anymore. The days with Audrey are over, and I would not be surprised now if there is serious talk about putting her up, but is she in too deep? Vanessa's going to have her back. Seems like Austin kind of has her back. Seems like Shelly's looking at something different. Clay is just doing – Clay's looking where Shelly points. I don't know. Audrey may last another week, and it's going to be very, very, very surprising to a lot of people that she may just get very, very far in this game and surprise a lot of people. So that's what we have going right now, and that's where we're at, and we've got to figure out now who's going to be putting up who, and we'll be finding that out very shortly. Um, that comes back to, to with Audrey in this situation with Audrey is Vanessa's erratic behavior. I don't know if anybody has been watching, and we're going to take a call in just, just a few minutes, but I don't know if anybody's been watching, but uh, on the feed, Vanessa has absolutely overshot. When we talk about you're in power, everything's going the way you need it to do, everything's, everything's just the way you need it. You continue to overthink the whole process. Now, I get it. She works on odds. She's a poker player. I get it. Odds in her head, percentages, her percentage to win, her percentage to get it done. I get it. You want to stack those odds in your favor. I got it. But know when to shut up. Know when to quit talking about it. Know when to not bring it up anymore. Know when not to keep dragging it on and on and on. She went through this entire week, not, you know, if Austin threw the POV, which, you know what, to me it looked convincing. I mean, I know he threw it, and, and you know, credit to Jason, too, for seeing right through Austin when, when he saw him on the porch, and uh, and Jeff went up, and Austin says, what? No, 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 I didn't know anything about that. 
credit to Jason. That dude's dangerous, and I think that's why he's going to go up, but we're getting off track here. You cannot be in this situation in an HOH atmosphere where you're HOH, do everything you want, and flip out on people, not trust them, blow up on the person you're working with, tell them you don't trust that he threw it. You know what? Just keep that in your mind. You know he threw it. Question him about it a little bit and say, okay, well, that's what you tell me. I believe you. If you have your doubts, keep them to yourself. You doubting him and outing him out has done nothing but make him say, wait a minute. If she feels this way about me, maybe I need to kind of start working my way into getting her out because I don't want her to tell everybody else she doesn't trust me or that I did this that was shady or I did that that was shady to her or she caught me lying. She's setting herself up. And you know what? It's the same thing. You know, it goes back to season uh, 13 with Jeff and Jordan. If you guys remember, some of you guys remember old seasons. Some of you are new. But for those that remember old seasons, there was Jeff and Jordan in season three, they, 13. They were coming back from, from season 11 to play as vets. And Jeff gets in his house, and I know that Jeff and Jordan are well-loved by all these fans. I mean, you know, if you haven't seen season 11, they fell in love on the show. They got, they're getting married, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a big Jeff and Jordan fan. But anyway, they get into season 13. They play in the house. And on the family, they think they deserve to have all the information, and they deserve to win, and everybody should just tell them everything, and all the truth should be there. And if anybody plans on going against them, well, hi, you know, hell or high water, they're going to do something about it. You are not, you know, if you got caught talking any kind of, I feel like it's the same thing with Vanessa. It's like that paranoid. Now that you're in that power position, this is why HOH is dangerous, folks. When you're in that power position, you can absolutely go crazy and drive yourself mad. And I absolutely see that with Vanessa. I absolutely saw that with her. I think she scared some people. I think she made some people... Asking Clay who he's going to vote for. He says, well, I'm 90% on Jeff. She flips out that he's 90% on Jeff going home. 90%. I would take 90% any day of the week in just about everything I try. All right, that's a 9 out of 10 chance. Relax. If he goes the other way, he's screwing himself. I don't see Clay and Shelly trying to screw everybody at this point. I think it's going to happen if you don't split them up. But not at this point. But 90%, you're going to flip out. You're going to flip out over there. Okay, Clay's not the best with words. I think we're discovering that. You know, she needs to, she needs to really, really relax, take it in stride. Use, you always use the HOH to make friends. You don't use the HOH to make enemies, but you use it to make friends. And I think that's one of the things that Vanessa really, really missed. I think she let the paranoia get to her head. She started pointing fingers. She started getting paranoid about people's commitments to her. And meanwhile, least we forget, meanwhile, she's making final two deals with Audrey behind everybody's back. So, Vanessa, I loved your gameplay, but this HOH ended up being a disaster for you, and I think it changed you after you made your nominations. But she was right. James was a person that probably should have gone home, and I will give her credit for that. Listen, folks, we got to go to commercial. When we, go, when we come back, we're going to have a caller come in. I think it's Mr. California, one of my favorites. We missed him last week. Uh, but he'll be on. We're going to talk about what his thoughts are in the game, talk about what he thinks about the uh, – I guess I'm going to ask about the Austin and Liz love affair that's going on, see what he thinks, see if it's uh, anything good, and if it's anything true. You know, go either way, folks. So stay tuned. Big Brother After Show. And if you want to call in and you want to talk, 917-889-7084. I'm already getting a couple of people sending me uh, questions that they want me to answer online uh, on, on the show, and I'll do that kind of when we get done with our call. But 
Stay tuned, folks. We're not done yet. It's the Big Brother After Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Timothy Kelly, a facial plastic surgeon. My independent and clinical research tell me that good-looking people have more fun, make more money, and have more good-looking friends. While people may look at other parts of your body first, ultimately, they're going to look at your face to determine if you're ugly. That's where I come in. I specialize in the neck up in the face. I've developed an innovative technique for injecting botulinum toxin and fillers. With one prick of the needle, I distribute the material as I slowly withdraw, minimizing pain and bruising. I call it the pull-out method. Dr. Kelly gives me the confidence to live life as a good-looking woman. It's so great to be good-looking. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. I wish everyone could feel the way I do about myself. Since Dr. Kelly worked on me, I've got a new job, a new boyfriend, and I've traveled to Canada. Coincidence? I don't think so. I can feel men's eyes on me in public, and that makes me feel good. Thanks, Dr. Kelly. Look at me now. It's like Dr. Kelly has written a prescription for self-esteem and confidence. I think that's two prescriptions. Thanks to Dr. Kelly's pull-out method, I had a great experience. Call me for a good-looking face. great band you know there's very you know there's very few bands that last that long that keep turning well they don't really keep turning out hits but when i turn on the radio they just completely kill it barracuda one of my favorites hey listen you know if you want to build some confidence if you want to have some self-esteem some of you folks may need plastic surgery don't be ashamed i need it i could use it trust me i've looked I gained a little holiday weight about six years ago, and every holiday since then, it's I've gained more. Wouldn't kill me. Wouldn't kill me to ride a bicycle probably, but I'm inherently very lazy. So a guy like Timothy Kelly can help you out, could help me out. Listen, he's in California, folks. If you want to get a good plastic surgery job, this guy's the guy to go to. Who would not love a guy who runs a commercial and does Botox with the, with the pull-out method? I mean, that's fantastic. That's just clever. That's ingenious. Folks, 
call Dr. Timothy F. Kelly. He's over there at 446 Old Newport Boulevard, number 201 Newport Beach, California, 92663. Give him a call, 949-645-3223. Set up a free consultation today. Come here and talk to him. Make yourself feel good. You know, get a little plastic surgery. He wouldn't kill you. Hey, look, Kardashians are doing it. Everybody's doing it. I'm pre- I'm convinced Kim Kardashian's injecting something into her rear. I mean, it's just naturally too big. I mean, there's no way that... You know, you can have a waste that maybe you can. I don't know. But listen, let's go on to things that are more important before I get myself in trouble and divorce. Uh, we're going to go to Mr. California. Mr. California, how are you doing today, sir? And what is your uh, what are your uh, thoughts on what's going on in Big Brother this week? I know you've read probably some of the spoilers. You know, there's a lot going on, and Vanessa's flipping out. You know, Liz and, and uh, Austin are having a little love affair. What do you think's going on? What's your assessment so far of the game and the players? Well, so far, well, well, first of all, I want to say two two things. You know what? You kind of sound like an ad for, on one of those infomercials. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's what they pay. That's kind of what they pay me to do around here. I got to run the ads and I got to sell it, man. But you know what? I'm telling you, I need plastic surgery. I could use a lot of work, man. So you know, hey. I'm all for it. If you can afford to do it, go for it. And then Timothy, Timothy Kelly's the guy to go to if, if somebody wants to get that done. No, I'm uh, going to swim off the, the weight I gain and eat healthy. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know, I know that you're uh, you're working really hard. I know that you uh, accomplished a, a big feat for yourself. And I think it was 100 laps in the pool, man. And I, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud <laughs> of the, the way that you're looking at your health, man. And, and congratulations on that. What? Guess what? What's that? My birthday. My birthday is in four days. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic, man. How old are you going to be? Oh, guess how old do I seem like I'm going to be? <laughs> I think you're going to be a ripe young twenty-six. You're close. I'll be twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> see, I know you. I know you. But uh, tell me, what do you think is going on, Mr. California, with what you see so far in the show? I know you keep up with well, all the spoilers and you got all your groups. With, and... Devon, with Devon, I want to say, Dean Dong, the witch is dead. Witch, oh, witch, the wicked witch. <laughs> Dean Dong, the wicked witch is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so you're happy to see Day go. I mean, she was she was causing a lot of problems in the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're happy to see her go then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Jeff, um, let's just say I'm kind of having a Donnie moment here. Like, I want to rip my hair out because I wish I wish Audrey was gone instead of Jeff. Well, I mean, don't you think, though, I mean, like I was saying before, and I know you're holding for a while, don't you think, though, that Audrey is the epitome of somebody that is not somebody to worry about right now because nobody trusts anything that she's telling them? I mean, is she somebody you keep in the house because she's somebody you can kind of guard yourself Say that last part. I didn't, you didn't catch the last part. Well, I mean, you know, is she somebody that you keep in the house? If you're playing, is she somebody that you want to keep to keep the heat off of you? You always know that you can push her in front of the bus if you need to. Is she somebody you want to keep, or you you're just want her gone? Well, to be honest, I'd rather I'd rather have Jeff come back and have Audrey gone, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you would just rather you would rather you would rather Jeff be back. Now, you, did, but I mean, didn't you feel like Jeff kind of played a bad game? And don't you feel like he was kind of 
he seemed like he was all over the place. I mean, did you get that you know, impression as well? Say this, like like I made my assessment. Jace was the Justin Bieber of Big Brother. Devon was the Nash of Big Brother, and now I'll say Jeff is the um, Jeff from Season Eleven of Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and let me let me ask you this: You think you do you think at all? Do you think at all that Jackie has any chance now that he's gone? Or you think she's just waiting for it to come down on top of her? I have a brain. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's very easily somebody that could float through to the end without anybody even realizing it, just because she's not a threat. Are you talking about Audrey? Or I are mean, talking about Michelle? I'm no, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about. Oh, gosh, my mind just went blank. I'm talking about Jackie, because she was teamed up with oh. Jeff. Her and Jeff had a thing. We were just talking about Jeff. So, I mean, don't you think, though, that Jackie is kind of comparable to the Victoria of last season? Jackie's what? Comparable to Victoria from last season. Uh, my mom thinks that, J- that Jackie is comparable to Victoria. I think I think she is. I think I think she's kind of just laying there. I think she thinks she's playing. You know, Victoria thought she was playing the game, and you kind of figured out that she really wasn't playing the game. And I don't think she ever dawned on her that, yeah, what cracked me up about Victoria, Mr. California, is you would watch last season, which I thought last season was dreadful. But you watched it last season, and every time Victoria just didn't go up on the block like somebody didn't put her up, not because of any reason, but just because she was a wasted HOH, she literally made it part of her plan that she didn't get voted out. That was her plan. And it's like, but you didn't have a strategy. You just got lucky. It's like Spencer. You just got lucky nobody wanted you gone yet because you're not a threat. And I guess that's a strategy. I mean, we've seen it used many times, but at some point you've got to wake up and the clock's got to go off and you've got to know that you're playing the game. Am I right? You know you know who she is? You know who else she kind of reminds me of? Who's that? She reminds me of Adam, the smoker Adam from season 13 or so. <laughs> Adam, I can see I'm that. A big, big brother fan. I'm the best big brother player in the world. <laughs> well, now and and you know, Adam's a sensitive subject because I'm the, me and Adam. You know, I don't think he likes it very much on Facebook. Adam, sorry if you're listening. I appreciate you listening, but you know, I, and it's never personal. It's always gameplay. Adam to me drove me nuts because at least Shelly made a play in in 13. At least she made a play and voted Jeff out. That was bold on her part. It really helped her game. However, I think I, I think I agree. Adam just kind of whatever you want me to do, HOH, I'll do it. He got in with the vets and had absolutely no say so. Just did what they told him to do, and yet he did survive quite a while. As did Spencer. Spencer was very much the same way in fifteen. You know, there is a strategy called floating, and it obviously does work for a lot of people, but it's very very frustrating because I feel like when they get into these final fours and final five. Uh, groups, it's very disappointing sometimes because that floater really drags down that final four. You know what I mean? It really it waters it down. It doesn't make it to me as valuable when I see somebody that floats that far. Adam? I mean, not Adam. I just called you Adam. I mean, Sam, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right, man. We're all friends. No big deal. Okay. Okay. Me, Sam, I'm Adam, so I'm going to talk like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. You know, you know, you know there should be a let special me, me, 
there should be a special Big Brother season called the Floaters versus the actual gamers to see how far which ones would make it. It would be, you know, it would be very interesting because I must think the gamers would all take each other out and the floaters would be, would be in the house left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I guess your, I guess your, your HOH competition would be watching paint dry. Whoever can last the longest watching paint dry would get the HOH. But let me, let me ask you this because, you know, this has been going through my mind a little bit, and I wanted to kind of get your take on it. I, you know, Shelly, obviously you're probably hearing all this now because you're on the West Coast, but Shelly wins HOH. Her and Liz both win HOH. I'm starting to get the feeling with Shelly playing the way that she is, she's a little cold-blooded in my opinion. I'm starting to see a little correlation, and I wanted to see what you thought, between Shelly and Janelle. I mean, do you see that Shelly has the ability to become the new Janelle of late? I mean, do you see kind of that killer instinct in her and that ability to win HOHs, and she's always thinking about what's next? Do you think she has the capability to be somebody that great? And to be honest, I still don't know who the hell Shelly is. (laughs) You know, because there's so many, there's still too many people in the house. Well, you know, there are too many people in the house, and I know a lot of them just because they have to do the show. I got a buddy who's the same way. He he's he's new to the show, and and you know he's been really cool about watching it and sending me texts and things. And and I was like, yeah, man. I go, you know, I think Jeff's gonna go up. And it's like five minutes later, he sends me a text, and he goes, who the hell is Jeff? And I'm like, well, that tells you everything you need to know right there. You know what I mean? Like, there are people in this house that, uh, you know, when we get down and we lose about four, you know, three to four people in the house, those numbers get down. It gets down to about nine or ten people, and it gets a little bit easier to keep up with them. Uh, But Shelly is the one who won the HOH um, with, um, gosh, who did she win it with? I can't remember. She, whoever threw it. But she was the one uh, that that ended up – well, she's the one that ended up getting Dave, Devon out. Devon was her target, and she ended up getting Devon uh, thrown out of the house. I guess it's Becky, Becky and Shelly. But Becky's also been missing. But, you know, she's, she's on her second cuff win at a, very, at a very, very important time because I think everybody's realizing that Shelly and Clay are now a threat because they're, they have a love interest and they obviously have an alliance. So I think that it's a it's an opportune time for Shelly to win, and I almost wonder if she's the type of person, and since you don't know who she is, but I almost wonder if she's the type of person that can win when she needs to win. And Sam, if she can do that, and she's putting up people that are a risk to her, she could be very dangerous, and I see a very a very big parallel with her and Janelle going down the road. Well, Sam, I'll, I'll just tell you this. Out of... I'm looking at the, the, the list of the 13 people left in the Big Brother house. The three people I'm going, who the hell are they, are Vanessa, Shelly, and Becky. I'm like, I don't know who the hell those three people are. Well, Vanessa just won the HOH, and she was the one that, that got Jeff sent home. But she, oh, okay. like I said, uh, while you're on hold, she had a little bit of a meltdown. She got into HOH, paranoia set in, and she starts distrusting what everybody's telling her. She's having a little bit of a flip out on on this and that, and I think it's actually going to end up kind of costing her. I think she had a really good game going at first, but I think the paranoia just slipped in and got to her, to be honest with you. So that's who that is. But, you know, know, know at this point, Becky? Yeah, I don't know who Meg is. Oh, Meg. Meg's the blonde girl. She's real happy-go-lucky. 
and I just I don't think she's got a clue what's going on, but she was also <laughs> for eviction, you know, last week. She absolutely has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, no, I give her a little bit more credit than Victoria. I think the Jackie Victoria correlation is probably a little more similar. Now, who do you think? Before I let you go, let me ask you this, because I got to wrap it up soon. Who do you think? Who do you think right now? Because uh, I'm going to get into the Big Brother online uh, online Big Brother power rankings that they just released, I think yesterday. Who do you think is the most dangerous person in the house, in your opinion? Who do you think's playing the best people. game? I have two people. Okay. James and Austin. I, mean, I like James. Austin's Wait, game. Which one's the Asian guy again? James. Yeah, James and Austin. You think James and Austin are playing? I think I think Austin's playing a good game. I think um, I think Austin's playing a good game, but I think that Austin in this last uh, situation when he was HOH, I think he got caught a couple of times telling a little story and maybe not telling the truth and maybe embellishing it a little bit. I mean, he made a lie up about Megan. He made Meg. He made up a lie about Jeff. He got caught lying to Jason, and he got kind of caught lying to Vanessa, who was HOH. I, and, and you know what I think his other real problem is, Mr. California? I think he's a little too in love with Liz, the twin. He seems to have some serious, serious feelings for her. You'll see tonight when you watch it. I won't read but he seems to have some serious feelings for her. He seems to be falling for her a little bit, and I think it's really, really going to blind him. I think he's going to do whatever he can to work with her and keep her safe. And I'm not 100% sure that her feelings are, are – you know, going back towards him. I don't. I think he. I think it's a one-way street right now. And so I think Austin's got a lot of danger coming up ahead if he doesn't kind of open his eyes and look. I think he needs to lay low a little bit. I think he needs to keep playing his game, but not be somebody who's in the mix of everything. Just kind of sit back, listen, be there for people when they want to talk about things, but kind of play it cool. Because right now, I think he might be in danger of being somebody that's a threat in the next week or two, and people are going to put him up if he don't win an HOH. Now. The other twin will come in too, but you know, if Liz, Liz and Austin are solid, but you know, we're we. I'm still not so sure that Liz is 100 percent with him. You know who Austin reminds me of? Now that you mention about the one way, one the one sided way of, of having feelings, he kind of reminds me of me where most of the time I had feelings for a girl, and most of the time they didn't have feelings for me. <laughs> Hey, look, that's, that, every man's got that story, pal. That's not unique, yeah. unfortunately. I think we've all had our share of going that way. So it's definitely yeah. not something that's just you. <laughs> but listen, buddy, I do have to go because I've got to wrap up the show. Uh, I know that uh, I'll see you online. And I hope you enjoyed yeah. the episode tonight, and I hope to see you next week, buddy. Sure, no problem. All right, man, we'll see you later. You too. All right, that's Mr. California, folks. If you want to be one of these people that call in, I promise you will be nice. You'll get immediately through. 917-889-7084. You know what? He's great because he, he actually calls in early, and he gives me a lot of time to get to him. So I won't put you on hold as – well, you might be on as long as he is if you call as early as he does. But I would appreciate that too. Hey, you know what? We appreciate the people that call in. He makes the show, makes it happen. Really, really appreciate him. Um, a couple of other things I, I want to talk about. Again, I, I think that this Liz, uh, I'm sorry, not Liz, but the Shelly and Janelle comparison is going to begin. Um, she's she's one of the strongest people in the game. And I want to talk about, and we're going to bleed into something. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the big uh, online Big Brother power rankings that they release. release. And I think uh, a lot of 
they're going to compare last week's to this week's, you know, bonuses, what's going on in the game. I'm just going to read them a little bit down for you. Probably won't go all the way to the bottom because we know who's down there. But they actually have Shelly ranked as the most, as the strongest player in this house. Um, I think she's a target, but she seems to get along with so many people and she seems to be able to get on the page with so many people that I think she's a little under the radar. I think I think she's one of those people that takes a leadership role. She's a very, very strong female. And I think when you take a leadership role, people naturally just kind of follow what you're doing. And I think she's different than Janelle in that she has a really good social game. I love Janelle. Anytime you put a Janelle in the house, it's interesting. Janelle, of course, for people who don't know, season six, uh, she was really great in season six. And also, uh, she was also in season seven All-Star. She was great in that and finished well in both of those seasons. But I think her real exposure of her weakness came in season 14 when they brought her back. In season 14, she had an awful – I mean, her social skills, lack of real good social play, really exposed in 14. And I think that Janelle has a weak spot when it comes to social games. She's very strong in competitions. She's very strong come hell or high water if you make her angry. But when it comes down to, you know, social game, I don't feel like Janelle's the strongest, and I think it's hurt her in many ways. Shelly, on the other hand, I think is very strong in the social aspect of it, but I also think she's very strong in the comp- in the competition part of it. Shelly is somebody that I could completely see winning this game because I think she knows how to play people to get where she needs to get. Do I think her relationship with Clay is sincere? I do. I do think her relationship with Clay is sincere, but I think that she eventually will realize that Clay does nothing for her. Clay is a vote for her. Clay is not winning comps to help her. Clay's not winning POBs to help her. Clay's up there saying, well, I'll go on the block if you guys want me to. The guy's not doing anything to get back. Now, as we know, it's the law of averages. As this group starts to shrink, people start winning things that they shouldn't have won or, you know, people start winning POBs out of nowhere that never played that hard before. It's just because the numbers get lower and the opportunities get better for people in the house when it's a smaller group to win those things. So Clay may come in and start winning some things later on in the season, but Right now, Clay offers her nothing but somebody to snuggle with. And I think Clay, although he gets her a vote, it's going to be hard to see Clay protecting her because he's not a very competitive guy in the house. If she gets on the block, he's going to be right next to her. I think she may have to save them both, to be honest with you. And I could be wrong, but I just think, I agree. I think Shelly is the person in the house. Um, I think Clay's going to go before she goes. And she also controls Clay 100%, just like they say here. I give her complete power. I think she's absolutely number one. And I think she's the favorite really right now to win. Now, number two is really interesting, too. Uh, number two for me, Steve, uh, playing that whole Ian role. Um, he's in the Freaks and Geeks Alliance. Uh, he's got pretty good strategy. He's starting to kind of come around socially. He's starting to talk to people. He's starting to get kind of loved by people in the house. Where at first, I don't know if anybody remembers, he kind of freaked a lot of people out at first. A lot of people thought that his, uh, you know, maybe his social awkwardness was a little bit too much. And so Steve was kind of on the outside. Y'all remember people talking about him hiding in the closets and hiding in the trash can, listening to conversations. But he's finally starting to get his groove. I think everybody has been really good to him in the house. Uh, I, I think, and here's the thing, too, I've argued with people on Facebook about. A lot of people upset that, you know, Jace at, at, at some point argued with Steve, bullied him kind of talked down to him, told him what he needed him to do, and bullied him, quote, unquote. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that bullying is a strategy in this game. It's welcome in this game. You may not like it, but Big Brother's not a charity, and this whole thing about people being rich ties back into that too. This is worth millions of dollars. She shouldn't be in Big Brother. She doesn't deserve to win. Let me tell you something. The best player wins. It's not a charity, and when people get bullied, it is a strategy. It is a part of the game. You look at Evil Dick. Evil Dick brought the bully strategy to the head. He was the master of it. He was able to bully people and get them to do what they want to do. He was able to bully people to freak out to the point where everybody was like, what's going on with this person? He was able to get under everybody's skin and get the whole thing. And look, I know that there were some things that kept him in the house that a lot of people felt you know, were production. And I agree on, on the Evil Dick level a little bit. But bullying is a strategy. And Steve, don't take Steve as an innocent, you know, person who's just just can't handle it. Steve, like Ian, are guys who are playing their stereotypes. They're playing their typecast. They get cast in the house. They're told to wear their glasses. They're told to be nerdy. They're told to be this. Not told, but it's what they're cast to be, okay? Whether it's them or not, it probably is really them, but they're casted because of their awkwardness. But don't think that Steve and Ian and these guys didn't realize that that's what their deal was. They knew 100%. Steve can tell you events that happened in Big Brother, you know, eight seasons ago that when they brought up, my wife looks at me and I go, I don't remember that. Steve knows this game back and forth, and he's very dangerous. I like him at number two. I think he's very strong. But he knows what's going on. Don't worry about Steve being bullied. Don't worry. He knows what's happening. He's a part of this game. He's completely aware. So Steve at number two, I really like. Uh, you know, he's kind of a waste of a target for an HOH, um, but he's the kind of guy that can probably win that HOH kind of when he needs it to. Middle to the end of the season, he can probably pick up an HOH when he really, really gets gets to needing it, and it's kind of like slim pickings, and the stronger people are in the house kind of running things. Steve's going to be somebody that needs to win that HOH to stay off the block, and I think he'll do it. I think that Steve is somebody I could see at the end in the final four or five hanging around, kind of surviving, doing his thing. But I think it's not because he's a floater. I think he knows what he's doing, and his social group is starting to come back. They have uh, Clay at number three, which I disagree with. I don't like I don't like Clay at number three. I know he's good socially, but I, I cannot think I cannot think that Audrey wants to keep him around. I think in an alliance of, uh, or I think in a house where James, Jason, maybe Austin down the road, if he stays in, uh, gets that HOH. I got to be honest with you, I don't know that Clay stays. I think Clay goes up, and I think Clay goes home to hurt Shelly, um, although Shelly would probably be the target. But I see Shelly being somebody that wins the POV. And I think she gets herself off in a scenario like that. Probably won't happen, but just in my mind. And Clay's the guy that goes home just because that's her right-hand man, that's her dog. And if he goes home, maybe it'll cripple her a little bit. I don't think Clay deserves the number three spot. Uh, and they got Jason at number four, and I don't think Jason deserves number four spot. Although I think, listen, Jason came to the house, and a lot of people were like, this guy's driving us crazy. It's the voice. It's the way he talks. I get it. But Jason's a very good game player right now, but I don't see him as somebody who's got that much power in the house. It kind of reminds me a lot of Kevin from season 11. He's a he's a decent he's a really good social player, really good social player. But he's still a target. I think he's still got a target on him. Uh moving on, they have Audrey at number five. Audrey, I you know, I would probably put her more towards the bottom. Now what I would put up 
And that number three position is Johnny Mack. Now, Johnny Mack is very liked socially. Johnny Mack's winning when he needs to do. He's throwing when he needs to throw. The thing I like about Johnny Mack is that he will throw the HOH, but he will win that POV even against the wishes of the people that, that want him to, to throw it. He wins that POV, but like I said last, like I said Sunday, you got to watch out, Johnny Mack. People are going to see you as a threat very, very soon. They're going to see you as a guy who can win. But I'll tell you this much. They try to put you up on the block again this time, pal. You need to make a little bit of a fight for yourself. You need to make a little bit of a, you know, at some point I need to have, I, I, if I'm going up on the block, I need a guarantee. I need a 100% guarantee that you have my back from here on out. You know, it's time for you to start paying the piper. And I think Johnny Mack's got enough weight to start playing that role because God forbid that Shelly's going to ask him to go back up on the block again, and this is going to get real old real fast. Johnny Mack at this point, if he makes it through another week, Johnny Mack, uh, I like him as like a number three player right now, a uh, power player. But Johnny Mack has got to flip things at this point. He's going to survive one more week. He doesn't know it, but Julia's going to be coming in the house, I believe, next week, right? That's going to be the twist for week six. So Johnny Mack's got to win this next HOH. I really believe that. And I think he's got to make a power move. And he's got to secure his spot with an alliance. Um, by keeping some people safe and saying, look, this is how it's going to work. I'm not going up anymore as your pawn. I think it's time for him to make those moves. So Johnny Mack, I put it through because I think he's got it. He's got a great social game. We see him winning cops. We know everything about this guy is good. So Johnny Mack is going to actually take my number three spot, and I'm going to move everybody that they have down. Vanessa they have uh, after Johnny Mack on their list, and she is um, – Right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven down. They got her as number seven. When you get past seven and eight, there's no, I mean, you know, we got Vanessa, Austin, Liz, and James and Meg. Those are probably pretty reasonable. I think Vanessa's completely screwed herself. She was strong, man. That first part of her HOH was really, really strong. That second half, that was awful. I mean, that was embarrassingly awful. I mean, the way she flipped out and got paranoid, it's hard for me to see that Vanessa is going to have a lot of lead way after this. If she survives, it's going to be just because people are loyal to her, but it's not going to last very long because if she freaked out that much, it's not going to happen, folks. So that's what's going on with that. We've got the, like I said, that's the Big Brother Online Power Rankings. Um, you know, just to quickly, you know, just kind of give you a review. Shelly, Steve, Clay, Jason, Audrey, Johnny, Mac, Vanessa. I don't like. Clay at number three, I think that's a wasted space. I'd like to move Johnny Mack up there and maybe put, uh, you know, maybe put Audrey behind that because Audrey at number, you know, what, four or five, I think is good. I think Audrey's got the ear of some people, but they don't trust her quite yet, but she's not really the target. So I, I kind of give her a little bit of up there, but, you know, Clay being number three, I, I don't see that. Anyway, I want to make sure you're talking with everybody. What I will tell you is, you want to take a wild guess who the last person is? It's Jackie. I know. That's a surprise, right? Um, so those are the power rankings. I kind of agree with them. You saw what I wanted to change on that. Listen, uh, one thing I want to talk about tonight before I go, you know, I always have a, kind of like my little corner here. And after this next commercial break, we're going to come back. There's been a lot of mention um, about, well, I've got some questions to answer just real quickly. But um, there's been a lot of talk about – People getting new into the seasons. Uh, this is my first season. What season is a good one to watch? And I'm going to break down for you what I think essentially 
the Big Brother seasons break down into. Uh, I don't think it's just this one's better than this one, this one's better than this one. I think they break down into categories. We're going to discuss those categories quickly. We're going to come back, and I'm going to give you my list of Big Brother seasons that if you haven't seen them, you need to, if you like drama. That's right. So if you like drama, these are the seasons that I think are great. These are the seasons that I would actually, you know, tell you, go for it. Uh, and when we come back, we'll discuss those. If you have a problem with the rankings, give me a call. We'll still we'll stay online a little bit longer. 917-889-7084. If you're nervous about it, that's fine. Don't be nervous. It's okay. We're going to be all right here. But if you want to be on, you can be on maybe next time. So listen, folks, stay tuned. One commercial. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. This is the Big Brother After Show. We're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. Mm-mm. How about China? Mm. Germany? Mm. How about people from the North Pole? Mm. Or Mars? <laughs> it, what about mimes? Oh, right. People with their jaws wired shut? Oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet. Mm. Oh, you guys are great. How about race car drivers? Mm. Mm. What about you, high school glee club, here on a field trip? Sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton green tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mmm to you. Lipton tea can do that. Yeah, 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 we're back. Man, that lifting commercial makes me thirsty. It's hot right now where I live. I can't stand the heat, folks. Can't stand humidity. I, I need to move somewhere where it's cold. I think maybe Scotland. Hurts like 58 today. It's beautiful. Rainy. Perfect. Um, listen, uh, somebody asked me a question um, about why I give Derek such a hard time uh, season 16. Uh, let's see. I, not sure what happened there. I give Derek a hard time in season 16. <clears throat> do I think Derek is a great player? I do think Derek is a great player. However, the big thing about Derek, I think he had a very, very, very weak house. And I think Within that week, Hal, uh, Derek was probably a guy who was cast that was probably the best for that cast. But I'm going to say it, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think the only two people that were willing to win in that game in 16, and you can throw tomatoes at me all you want to, 
but it was Frankie and it was Derek. Everybody else was not there to win money. Everybody else was just there. I don't know what they were doing. I don't even know where they got half those people. No offense to anyone that played that. I don't know. I don't know what you were thinking. But it was a season where I felt like there was a lot of coat hangers and people just kind of hanging around. And I feel like if a lot of people said, will Derek win if he was in this season? I don't think so. I really don't. I think this year stronger. I think you've got stronger females. I don't think anybody catches on to the stuff that he's selling. And i got to be honest with you, throughout the whole entire season, I didn't see Derek really, really tell anybody that he knew what was going on. If you remember Derek's statements half the time were, I'm just glad I'm not on the block. Glad it's not me. That doesn't mean that you have a pulse on what's going on. It also means that you got very, very lucky that somebody woke you up and said, do you want to be in an alliance of 50 people? And you said yes. I think that alliance helped Derek a tremendous amount. I don't think it was a strong house. And I think at the end of the day, Derek ranks good as a winner because if you look at winners, and, and I've had to do this before where I've had to rank winners before the show. You rank the winners and you go, okay, yeah, yeah, so, and so this this got to be easy. But when you get down to it, you realize that the people that are winners, maybe it's a little bit harder to rank, okay? When you're looking at people that are winning, like, you know, no offense, but Jordan and, you know, uh, some of the other winners in the past, you know, Adam, it's kind of like, okay, there are some really great winners here, but there are some really weak winners too. And, you know, when you go through 16 seasons, it's really difficult to nail them down. But as a player, I don't give him a lot of – I don't give him a top five as a player. I've got a list of, of top players, and Derek is probably eight. And you can push me to ask me for the other seven, and I'll do it next week. But that's why I don't feel like and, – and, you know, everybody keeps – you know, folks, quit comparing people to people as far as – you know, I've seen online, you know, 50 times people saying, oh, you know, Vanessa's stealing Derek's look. Kidding me. She wears a beanie and glasses. It's not a stretch that she shops at a store that they carry beanies and glasses. I can go anywhere where I live and sit down at any coffee shop, and guess what? Somebody's wearing a knit hat and glasses, black frame glasses with a scarf. Folks, he doesn't own the fashion industry. He doesn't own that style. That's a very popular style. You're going to make me want to jump out a window if you don't stop that stuff. So anyway... (laughs) I'm sorry. Some of the stuff drives me a little crazy. Um, So anyway, like I promised you guys before I got out of here, uh, people ask me a lot of times, what's the best season to watch? Give me me the best season. I always tell people this, and I've mentioned this before. I think you have two two categories of Big Brother, okay? I think you have a drama category, and I think you have a strategy category. And people seem to like drama the best. The strategy folks like me, we're dying out, okay? We're like old people. We're starting to die out. The strategy people are not as not as prevalent anymore as the people who like drama. But there are a few seasons that have both. But I have a, an idea of the seasons uh, that I'd like to share with you that you may want to watch because you want dramatic. You want dramatics. You want fights. You want a lot of stuff going down, okay? Um, and to me, on the lower end of that, it's probably season four. Season four was fantastic. They brought in people that a lot of the people, uh, the twist was exes, where a lot of ex-boyfriends came into the house, ex-girlfriends. And that made for a lot of tension, and it made for a lot of unresolved issues there coming back out. Uh, so four, I kind of rank below. 
Five is one that I give a drama season to, and it really wasn't dramatic, but it really wasn't strategic whatsoever. I mean, there was some strategy in the game. Don't get me wrong. You know, the five-finger plan, all that stuff. But overall, that was the first season where twins were was, were used in the show, uh, and they did a hell of a lot better job than these, these two that are playing this season. But they had twins come to the show. They also had a brother and sister that were related on the show that didn't know they were related uh, that was revealed on the show, and that was fantastic. But drama-wise, I think those, that was one of the best seasons for a twist. Those two twists, actually four and five, were some fantastic twists. The season four with X's was mind-blowing. It was, should have been better than it was. It wasn't the greatest season. June was a great winner, uh, and she invented that floater strategy. So it's definitely a season where you want to see where the floating strategy originated, and it was, she was very good at collecting information. You know, I've said it before. I, I kind of compared June to Andy Heron, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Uh, both controllers of information, both uh, kind of a floating strategy. But, you know, uh, season five again, that that beginning where all these things are happening and there's a twins in the house, there's a brother and sister related in the house, very dramatic, very awesome for a beginning of a season. Season five probably had the best beginning of any season. Uh, next, I would probably move in season nine. Now, it is well documented that I am not a season nine fan. If you can skip two seasons and not miss a beat, season one and season nine are completely seasons that you can skip. Now, some will disagree. I think season nine was awful. They had an awful twist. It was uh, the one season they did during the winter because of writer's strike. Awful season. But it had a ton of dramatics, okay? It was a very dramatic season, which is why I rank it over four and five. Now, next, I would probably give the next dramatic season number 12. And number 12 is one of my favorite seasons for the casting, not for the strategy, but just the overall. 12 was one of the most interesting and funnest seasons to watch. It wasn't a strategy season, and it was dramatic. Rachel Riley struck a lot of fights in there. There's a lot of people going at it in that house. The Rachel Riley and Reagan Fox uh, fight is fantastic. It's one of the best fights ever um, in the house. And it, but it was just fun to watch. It was really casted well. And Lane was hilarious. Brittany Haynes, hilarious. Enzo, hilarious. Uh, a lot of people don't like how it ended up, and that was the first season of A Big Alliance. But I think it was a quality drama season. Uh, next, I would probably make six. Six was a great season all around. I wouldn't call it a strategy season, although I think James Ryan is a, is a great strategist. I don't think it was a great strategy season. I know. Shoot me. But it had great dramatics, and it was a really well-casted season. So Six takes that block. I mean, Janelle in the fights, you know, when she says bye-bye, bitches. I mean, it's just great stuff there in season six for drama. Uh, then I really honestly had a problem with the last two. And some people will be surprised. I actually think season eight next. Okay, a lot of people keep that as the highest drama season. It was filled with drama, and it was filled with strategy. But it was uncomfortable at times because of the drama. There's a lot of things that were going on. Evil Dick was very malicious in that season. His bully routine, although I respect it, and I think he did a fantastic job that season, other than a couple of things that, you know, people feel like he kind of got treated better by production than a couple of instances that we won't go into. But it was a well-casted season. It had a really nice twist of basically 
you know, what I would call people who don't have any closure on the situation, his daughter and him, you know, didn't talk for like six years before that show. And there's an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend situation. So there are uh, ex-friends who didn't get, you know, hadn't talked in like three years. So I had a really great twist that people forget about Nate, which made it very dramatic, but also just the whole gameplay, uh, Jen Johnson and, you know, Evil Dick going at it, classic. But I've got to say, when you look at seasons where it have it all, and as I go to the, my top season here, seasons that kind of had it all, I've got to give it to 10. Now, a lot of people thought 10 was boring, but I've rewatched 10 recently, and I really don't think it was. There was a lot of fights. I mean, if you remember old Jerry, uh, some of you guys that were in the house, I mean, yelling, Dana, Judas, and then that comes back to the original point, Dan. Dan being probably the second or third greatest player, you know, I got Will, it's always going to be my number one, Daniel Reyes and Dan flip-flop. But Dan being the number one player and the uh, ever to play to a lot of people, understandably, in season 10, plays absolutely fantastic, plays off his rocker, Great season for strategy, and there was a lot of tension in that house. There's a there's a time where Jesse goes home for you that for those of you who have, have seen the season, Jesse goes home, the house erupts, you know, uh, you know Dan double crosses a couple of people, and it just goes to hell in a handbasket and a FedEx cart. I mean, season ten to me, and you say ultimate strategy being that dance ranked so high with people as a player and the drama. Uh, you know, I think 10 ranks number one. So I would definitely try season 10 for those who are looking for drama seasons because you're going to get a little strategy, but you're going to get good drama. Season 8 would be next for me, season 6, uh, season 12, season 9, season 4, season season 5, season 4. So 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 12. Okay? Those are my drama seasons. If you want to see good drama, I would go with season 10. Season 8, Season 12, and I think you will thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, a lot of people consider 6 the greatest season, so there's always that. All of these seasons, well-casted, all of them a lot of fun to watch. So if you're somebody who's trying to get back to kind of watching the original ones, and I'm a big supporter of that, because today's Big Brother was not yesterday's Big Brother. These, all, these episodes, all these seasons pretty much, for me, fit right into what I call the golden era where I feel like BB just did no wrong in a lot of those seasons, well, season nine. But taking season nine out of it, you know, when you go from season three really all the way up through ten and you throw out eight, or I'm sorry, throw out nine, it's a golden, it's absolutely the golden era of Big Brother. It's when it was at its best. So please, if you haven't seen these seasons, I encourage you to go watch them. Folks, thank you so much for joining me. We've had a blast. Please don't forget, we take calls here, call in. We want to hear from you. 917-889-7084. Program it in your phone. Go to the Big Brother After Show page on Facebook. Join. Like it. Send me some messages. Let me know what you want to talk about on the show and what you want to hear. We'll do it. It's always a pleasure to join you, folks. Thank you so much for being part of the Big Brother After Show. My name is Sam. As always, it's been a blast. We'll see you. There will not be a show Sunday. Will not be a show Sunday. But we will pick up Thursday, and we're going to to do Thursday, Sunday from there on out because – We had a really great response on Sunday, so we're going to keep that up. So, folks, it has absolutely been a pleasure. We will talk to you next Thursday. Enjoy the week, folks, and enjoy the spoilers. Have a great one. Good night.